you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to your Friday. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and Marty are on tap to help mm. us navigate the show today, and we appreciate it. We tried to, on a Friday, we call it our gumbo show because everything kind of goes in. Um, we can just do a recap of the week, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool because we don't often get to as many phone calls as we would like during the show. Um, but then we can just kind of stack them up on a Friday, open the phone lines up uh, kind of early. And um, and then also you can bring into the conversation anything that kind of is on your mind or something right. you've been thinking and processing, uh, maybe a current event or something like that. And if we are um, aware or well-versed in that subject or that on that topic, then then we'll kind of um, we'll go back and forth with you. If not, we'll just say, I don't know, I need to read about that. Yeah. Um, I think that's just best, you know, rather than trying to, (laughs) I think so (laughs) pretend like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's called reality. Like just, I don't know. I'll have to find (laughs) out and then I'll get back to you. Um, also, uh, called the truth also (laughs) on a Friday. Um, we try to keep it a little bit light just because we have such heavy hitting topics throughout the week. That we think, man, you know, once we get to Friday, maybe it's it's a little bit um, better to kind of laugh just a little bit. Mm. Um, but then there there are the rare occasions where none of the things that we really like to do on a Friday happen. <laughs> I think this might be one of those Fridays. I Well, I don't know that for sure. I just there is an update in the news that I, I want to. um present to our audience I could have waited until Monday but I just just thought that this was important it's a current event and um it happened this week and I didn't want it to be missed and so I just wanted to present it now this could fall into the category of like hey did you know that this happened Mm -hmm. your phone calls will determine that if you keep if you keep leaning in on this (laughs) then you'll lean in and we'll just it'll it'll be the show but if it becomes just sort of one of those updates I think this is important and um, I think it's one of those things that we need to keep talking about not this case specifically necessarily but I think the fact that we have um, some people who are really trying very seriously and um, unrelentingly to to re- program our children and to reprogram our culture and the way we think about things so that we can't process right from wrong so that we don't understand that there are moral absolutes that uh, a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl and things like this that we talk about on a regular basis but um, there is an update on the Loudoun County um, public school uh, case um, where the at the time 14 year old boy who said that he was a girl and then therefore had access to the girls bathrooms right. and um, girls facilities on campus 
um, then, uh, and I should probably give a disclaimer, this may not be suitable for young listeners. I could, I could try to um, be careful with it and just remind you of the case in that you had this 14-year-old boy at the time who, um, well, there's just, your kids can't listen. But this is unfortunate because it happened in your kid's school. That's right. That's, <laughs> and see, that's the thing. Right? I, and I wonder, you know, um, how much when we give the disclaimers, you know, it's like, man, but they are, they are it's, experiencing this yes, stuff. Yes, it's like, happening right now. I mean, you want to be careful, but it's yeah. like, at the same time, you know, they need to know what's happening as well. This is what's well. going on right now. Exactly yeah. right. Man, and, and you're right. And I've, I've thought about that a lot because increasingly we're talking about may not be suitable for young listeners, but this involves young listeners. Like right. it's just, you know, so there is a conflict there. I guess I'm thinking of the younger of the young listeners, but uh, but even in, in, in those cases, you know, <laughs> the things are targeted at the exactly. younger of the young listeners. They're saying it so, in their, their shows, their TV shows. So yeah. Like, and we talk about that. We, we, yeah. we will play those clips for you yeah. from time to time because, man, we've got to be on guard, guys. We just, right. you know, so so let me just say, you know, if you have a really young listener listening and, and you know, you've not covered certain topics and probably don't listen here at this point. I, I always want to be respectful of that. But I think to your point, Will the Great, this is just where we are. We are dealing with people who don't care about the ages of our children. And so these stories involve them, unfortunately, unfortunately. Right. So uh, thanks to the Daily Wire for this update here. Um, the 14 year old boy who raped a ninth grader in a girl's bathroom while he was wearing a skirt and a blouse was sentenced this past Wednesday to uh, a residential treatment facility um, as it emerged that he also allegedly attacked a third girl <laughs> after the judge said that his psychosexual evaluation was one of the most disturbing she had ever mm-hmm. seen. You'll remember this case. You'll remember the father of one of the victims, Scott Smith, who was at a school board meeting, who was then wrestled down because he um, had a major problem with um the, <laughs> I mean <laughs> he had a major problem with the implication that people who were afraid of their daughters being sexually assaulted by boys pretending to be girls were making the whole thing up and that they were just kind of creating it out of whole cloth and Scott Smith was his name is his name um, and he had an issue with this. You'll remember that he was then wrestled from a uh, wrestled down uh, by law enforcement at that school board meeting as he was trying to communicate and to mm-hmm. say parents are not making this up. This actually happened. It happened to my daughter. But of course, that was an unwelcomed contribution to the um, Loudoun County School Board meeting. Just in case you don't remember Scott Smith, we played several clips of an interview with him. Um, listen. Did they reveal to you that it was the sexual assault and did they say they would handle it internally and not contact the police? Nobody would reveal that it was a sexual assault that day. No. Did did the district ever suggest they wanted to handle it internally and not contact the police? As far as you know? Say that one more time. Did anybody from the school suggest to you, let's handle this internally in the school and not contact the police? It wasn't suggested verbally. It was suggested by their actions. Um, Can you imagine showing up to a school and finding out that your daughter had just been sodomized and wondering why there isn't an ambulance at the school and sheriff's officers? 
And the funny thing is, is I thought the sheriff was there at first, right? Because the SRO says sheriff on the front. But it became apparently obvious to me within minutes that he was reporting to the principal, first and foremost. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but that's what was appeared to me. And basically, when I realized that that sheriff wasn't going to help me, you know, I made such a scene that the principal chose to direct someone in the office to call 911 on me because the parent was out of control. The sheriff's department showed up like a SWAT team and escorted me, my wife, and my daughter off the property. Mm, I just, you know. <laughs> Man. And again, and, and please don't let our um, coverage of this incident appear that it, you know, it's just it's just a current event. The reason we're coming back to this is because we do have a tendency to kind of move on from things like this. But you've got to think about the there are actually now three victims. OK, three victims of this one boy, three victims. OK, the judge acknowledged that mm -hmm. uh, this Wednesday that there is a third victim. The boy has not acknowledged that there is a third victim, but investigation says there was also another victim, which, by the way, this boy is now 15. He appeared in court with his hair in a bun. And I guess if you if you want to call it that, he apologized to the two victims who were present with their parents. Uh, one victim said that she didn't believe that he was sorry because he's not even acknowledging that there is a third girl. And, and she said, quote, I hope one day you will tell them what you did to that girl, mm. end quote. And according to the judge, there was a report that she reviewed um, as part of sentencing that also noted the existence of a third victim. The mother of the first victim said these, quote, these horrific sexual assaults should have never occurred. There were people who could have turned it around years ago. The interesting thing is that when this when this boy um, was first found to be exchanging pictures, inappropriate pictures, rather than this become an issue of like, OK, how, how do we deal with this? Um, there's there's some things going on with him that was covered up. He assaulted sexually one victim and then rather than having due diligence done, you know, what should be the repercussions for this? What needs, he was just quietly transferred to another school. <laughs> quietly transferred to another school mm -hmm. where he was wearing an ankle bracelet at the time. At the second school to which he was transferred, a young girl felt sorry for him, noticed that he was wearing an ankle bracelet, but she says she had no idea that it was because of sexual assault. <laughs> so she wanted to show kindness to him. Can you imagine? She wanted to show kindness to him, and he took advantage of her kindness and sexually assaulted her. The Loudoun County Public School Board covered it up and made this some sort of um, political narrative. This is, this is not happening. The, the, this is not going on. It's gaslighting. It's not what you think, when in fact it actually is what you think. So... Um, the result of this is that this now 15-year-old is uh, going to have to be rehabilitated. 
but he also is a registered sex offender and that will be on his record forever. Wow. Which this is the first time that this has happened to a juvenile. So he's 15. He's and 15. And for the rest of his life, he's... he's um, registered as a sex offender. Hmm. Registered as a sex offender. Um, the judge said that she had never ordered a juvenile onto the registry um, despite hearing numerous juvenile cases. But she said, quote, I am ordering you onto the sexual offender registry. Hmm. So the judge said, I've never done this. Despite all of the cases I've heard, um, sexual offenses in, involving juveniles, but I'm ordering you onto the sexual registry list. And this is what she said, quote, over the years, this court has read many psychosexual reports. And when I read yours, frankly, it scared me. It wow. scared me for you. It scared me for society. Now, that, that's a 15-year-old. But, you know, Willa Gray, I, as I was reading this, I was thinking about the things that you're constantly talking about and the importance of what we're talking about when we talk about holiness and we talk about how in our culture, um, abhorrent sexual activity, um, insatiable sexual desire, how it's been normalized in our culture, and it has created young men like this boy. Yeah. This, this is not something that when you bring your baby home from the hospital or maybe you deliver your baby at home, I don't know, whatever the case is, when you hold your newborn son, this is not something that you imagine right. will be your son's history. Right, right. Or your son's future, right? This is not something that you look down the line. So the question then becomes, how do we get to a place like this? Well, we've got all kind of sexual wildness yeah. that is normalized in our culture and parents are unaware or checked out. It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. And I, I don't understand how parents could be even unaware because they're bombarded with this stuff as this well. This is true. Like, it's just, I think it's, man, I don't know. I think it's just an attitude of like, uh, okay, this is just how it is. Or, you know, that is not a, a vigilance because our children are being bombarded with these images, these things on TV, through music, every, mm -hmm. you know, form it can come, is coming through. Man. And so what do you expect to have in society right. when that happens? Right. It's just unthinkable. It's absolutely unthinkable. But that is the update to the story. Of course, the trauma and the ongoing counseling for these three victims, for these three victims should not be overlooked. But um, anyways, we'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay close. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It's a Friday edition. Um, maybe the show is not as light as it normally is on a Friday. Um, and, and that's okay. We do try to give like a warning that sometimes the Fridays may not be as light as they normally are. But there are just some things that I, man, I just feel like we have to just drive home the, the, the point. Um, anyway, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's the other side by Hazakim.
I'll open the phone lines up. I, there's some things that I want to weave into our discussion, um, even recapping some of the things that we talked about this week. But I'll open the phone lines up. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, uh, and she'll take your calls at 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Some of the things that we looked at this week um, was the need for accountability. I talked about why it's so important for there to be ongoing discipleship in the context of the church and the context of the body of Christ. We need one another and the Bible lays that out. There's so many one another's in the Bible um, that we should take seriously. Then also asking the question this week, uh, should Christians change culture? Mm. Um, it's a kind of a question with a double meaning, right? Should Christians change culture? Yes, they should. And should Christians change culture? Yes, they should. Both are true. Um, the answer to both. Yes. You know, even in, in light of this case that we, we started out talking about, you know, there, there, and, and Will, you said something as, as before we go into the break that, you know, maybe just parents kind of assume that this is just the way things are. See, I would say that that, um, would be the opposite of Christians doing what they're supposed to do. That is change culture. I would say that that would be Christians just being swallowed up by the culture. You know, when we get questions like, um, people asking if we're going to let our daughters date our, our kids or, you know, anybody, are we, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I try, I always try to think about like, I understand where people are coming from because this is culturally normative. Um, but I just don't know how to compute that. I don't know. I don't know how to find a place where I can say there is a biblical prescription prescription. Mm-hmm. There was a biblical prescription for training kids for divorce. There is a biblical prescription for a young man to have claim over my daughter with no ability to care for her, to provide for her, to go away, prepare a place, come get her and bring her there. Like, why? Why do you need to have some type of ownership in her life? Why? Why? Why do I like what I now again? I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit biblical. I just don't. I, <laughs> I just don't see it. I don't back. see it. You know what I mean? When people are like, oh, you're not going to let your kids like l- let them let them practice for divorce. Let them practice getting themselves emotionally connected to one another only to decide the next day that person has a zit and I, I want out and then to hurt <laughs> right. another person. And yeah. then scar- why? Where, where is the prescription for that? Where is the pre- you know? And in fact, we're back now. We're reading uh, through Genesis with our kids again. And so it's it's interesting because every time you read through Genesis, as your kids get older, you understand or you get you have the opportunity to see their understanding change, Man, to see them. Isn't pr- that right. Because you're going to you're going to run oh, up against some things <laughs> it's like it's <"Whoa."> amazing. <laughs> there are things that they would have just you just kept reading. Right. You know, you kind of just I'll go in one night and then you go in the next night. Oh, OK. And then just keep more bites. Go. Just keep going. Move, move fast. You know what I mean? Everybody. You'll catch that. All the Bible scholars. <laughs> because the Moabites. Um, so you just keep reading. But then as they get older, they're like, wait, er, hold up. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> what happened here? Right. And in fact, recently we were talking about um, Abraham sending his servant to go find uh, a wife for his son, Isaac. And our kids kind of really got stuck at that point. You know, they were just they were like, can't believe the servant just went and was just like, well, Rebecca, it's you. You're coming. Come with us. You know, which, by the way, I had to remind them. Rebecca was like, mm, I'll go. Right. <laughs> Her yeah. parents asked, she right? Really, like, she was like, peace out. <laughs> she was like, yeah, no, no. Uh-uh. I, I'm not, we're not waiting several days. I'm wrecked. OK. Um, and so she went. But but the kids were like, man, I just can't believe like you just go get this person, bring her back. And then that's and I said, you know, what's interesting, though, I said to them, 
some other cultures might look at us and be like, man, I can't believe you just let your kids just like hook up, <laughs> hang out and call each other boyfriend, girlfriend like they're married, but they're not. And and what does that mean? What kind of rights and privileges do boyfriends and girlfriends have? Why do you need these titles? What does this do? What what kind of exclusivity does it create? Like, And they were just kind of like, <laughs> you know, and they were like, you know, but you guys are going to pick our spouses. And I was like, well, you know, maybe a combination of both. You'll have some input. Yeah, some. Little. <laughs> oh, well, we'll we'll ask you like we want you to you know we want we want you we, we want your future spouse to smell good so we will ask you if you like the way he or she smells i'm kidding but it's only a little bit i'm only a little bit kidding uh do we have the phone lines ready to go will the great yes 888-589-8840 we'll go to the phone lines uh will the great where do we go first all right, let's go to Mary in Kansas. Hi, Mary. Hi. Uh, my sister was homosexual, but she never agreed with what the left is doing now. She said that anybody that would give a child medicine or try to teach them to be in that lifestyle before they're even an adult or anything where they can make up their own mind, she says that is just like, well, when you're, just assaulting them. You are, they are the perverts because they're, assert, they're, uh, they're assaulting that child. Mm. And so, and I loved my sister and we talked about that. And she said, you just do not bring that in front of a child. If you do, you are worse than anything. And I have people that I consider friends that are homosexual. And if I saw them doing something like that, I would say something to them. But I'm just saying it just makes me sick to think that these people are allowed to be sex offenders and they need to be put in the training camp. It's like that 15-year-old boy. They need Man. to be retrained. And uh, I just wanted people to know that I do not think I'm better than anybody else because we sure. all have sins, and that's what we discussed. Her sin was her sin. My sin was my sin because God judges us all the same. But she just, I wish more people like her would stand up and say, I do not want to be part of what you're doing to the youth. And our government is some of them that are doing it. And we, I just wish they'd yeah. stand up. My sister did. Man, Mary, let me just jump in. Man, there's so much in what you just said. Man, okay, so you're touching on something that I think is a moment um, for evangelism among um, people who identify themselves as homosexual but are able to see the danger and the destruction that is present in um, sexualizing children and also confusing children about their sexual identity, um, what it is to be male or female. I think there is a moment, um, an open door for evangelism there. And so hopefully, I think in our interactions with people who are able to find, um, and and I want to say common ground, but uh, the self-evident truth, the truth that God has revealed, that you can use those open doors to share the gospel uh, Mm. because that truth is not based on a person's feeling or preference preference yeah that truth is absolute truth um that's one thing then the other thing and we'll go back to the phone lines 888-589-8840 um i understand perfectly what you're saying mary when, when we talk about how we are trying to point people toward christ and we point to the fact that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the mm. glory of god all of us have but i think there is a difference when we talk about a person 
who is living a life of rebellion against God. And I want to make sure that we as believers understand the distinction there. When I say, yes, I have sinned against God and I deserve to be destroyed. Thank God for Jesus Christ. What I'm not saying is that I'm now able because of Jesus Christ to just live in my sin however I want, because, you know, we're all sinners. (laughs) No, that's 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 something totally different. And so I think it's important to make sure that as we minister to one another, as we witness to the people in our life who are unsaved, that, yes, we point to the fact that we had fallen short of God's grace. There's no way that we can just be good enough to be saved. But the thing is, Jesus Christ comes into our life. We confess our sin. We are forgiven and then we go and we endeavor to sin no more. Yeah. So we don't now just kind of like, you know, wallow in our sin. We're, we're not like, you know, pigs in slop saying, well, you know, because Jesus. Right. And, and I think that's a big difference because when you talk to people who are trying to find their, excuse this expression, they're trying to find their moral compass while still living in sin, the first thing we have to address is that there's no way you can find your moral compass apart from Jesus Christ. Amen. So first come to Christ, repent of your sin, receive the forgiveness only available through the Lord Jesus Christ, and then walk and live a life now worthy of the forgiveness that you have received. All right. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to uh, Jimmy in Mississippi. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, um, I'm 59 years old. Mm-hmm. I was molested when I was five years old by two women cousins. I lived a life of sex, chasing sex. Um, I ended up in prison when I was 23 for drugs. Um, I got saved when I was 39 years old. Mm. And that, that young man and those three women, without Jesus in their life, there's no way that they will ever get over what's happened Mm. to them Mm. and what he's done. Um, I will say this. Um, Nine years ago, I courted my wife. We never kissed to the day we got married. Mm. We courted for a year. We never kissed. The best thing other than accepting Jesus that I ever done in my life was court my wife. And, uh, that if young people could just learn that it's not all about the sex, it, it's about getting to know the person and what kind of person it is and how much they love you and how much you love them. Um, there's, there's a world of difference. The world is selling sex. Right. Jesus is selling relationships. Hmm. And we've got to teach the young people that it's a relationship they need and not, not sex. Sex Man, that's... ends up trapping you. And, uh, hmm. and if the Lord hadn't come into my life, mm-hmm. um, I'd more likely be dead by now. But um, I hope for that young man's sake and those three young girls, I hope they come to know the Lord. Amen. 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 Jimmy, thank thank you you so much. I appreciate you sharing your testimony. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I was thinking about what you said, even as you're communicating, um, in, in the relationship sphere, when we're talking about, um, courting and talking about a future spouse, it is yes, how much this person loves you, how much you love this person, but it is also how much the two of you love Jesus. 
mm-hmm. how much you seek to honor the Lord and glorify the Lord God in your relationship. And I think that's something that we've done a terrible job of communicating to our young people. Listen, I, I want to say something you know, very directly. And and even with our, our kids, we're talking about this now because they're able to see some like pretty messed up characters in scripture. Right. (laughs) I mean, guys, come on, y'all read the Bible, read the Bible. Right. You can see it. It's clear. They're, 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 (laughs) they're pretty (laughs) messed up. I mean, you know, we're, we're reading through it and, and the kids are like, whoa, and this is the line. Like this is, I mean, they're like, whoa, like, and and sometimes you'll find they have these questions. They're like, so wait, so is the Bible saying that's that's a, is that okay? No, that's not okay. Right. That that is not okay. That's inconsistent with God's design. That's not what God intended. But what is God showing you? God is showing a mercy. There is a mercy of God revealed that He uses imperfect people to bring about His perfect will. Mm. I think that we have done a poor job in addressing topics of sex and sexuality with our kids from a biblical perspective, from a biblical perspective, being consistent and being truthful. When I was growing up, I'm going to say this and we'll go back to the phone lines. When I was growing up, when our older brothers and sisters in the Lord talked about sex and and talked about, you know, marriage and things like that, I don't know that they intended to do it, but they painted marriage as something that was sort of like, you know, well, when you settle down and <laughs> and when you get old mm-hmm. and you get married. And it was just sort of like, ah, <laughs> who wants to do that? All right. And then and then you add to that. They talked about sex like it, it was, was dirty, and dirty and nasty. Like that's uh, just nasty. <laughs> they just stay that's nasty. And, and so, so then, so what is the picture that people, young people, get in church? That sex is nasty and best reserved for old people who don't like each other that much. So they don't really want to have sex anyway because they just old and married, guys. This is this is from our Creator, and I want to say this as lovingly. And as carefully as I can, God is wise. Amen. And we Hmm. cannot go beyond the parameters of scripture, even as we're trying to defend and protect our children. Man, let us say what God says about what he has designed. Hmm. Let us give our children the truth. And and, and man, let us (laughs) let us put before them. The beautiful picture that is marriage, that it's not for people who have wrung all the life out of life that they can. Give it, I'm thinking of a dish towel. You know, you wring it out and, and it, as dry as you can get it, and you shake it out a little bit and it's all wrinkled up and nasty and, you know, and you say, now that's it. Now get married. No, that's, no, man, come on. Like, you know, in, in your youth, in your, like, man, I, you know, and Will the Great, you know this, I, I we say this all the time. We wish that we, that it had been the Lord's will, okay, so for us to be married younger. Yeah. Like I, we've, we've got some friends who are now like 20, 21, and they're engaged to be married. And man, I think that's wonderful. Our culture right now is saying and condoning and celebrating everything that would be the opposite of what God says. Mm. If marriage is beautiful, if marriage is a picture of Christ in the church, then our culture is saying, ah, you don't really need to get married. Just wait, put it off, pursue your career, go and do this, sow your wild oats, and then whatever is left over, find someone who will take that and marry you. <laughs> All right, let's grab the break. 888-589-8840. Aaron the Addison's a Friday edition. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It's the Friday edition. We really do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Trip Lee with Take Me There. Sherry B. and Marty are on tap helping us navigate the show. Uh, we are taking your calls at 888-589-8840. Before, just before we go back to the phone lines, I want to encourage you as you go into the weekend um, to not forget about babies. To not forget about babies and not forget about the fact that there are moms, moms, who will find themselves in a crisis situation. And what is the crisis? The crisis is that they didn't plan this pregnancy. That's that's the crisis. The crisis is not the child. The child is not a crisis. It's that the mom finds herself in a situation where she's like, I, I didn't plan to be here. And she will be making a decision that will affect her life for the rest of her life and her child. She will be making that decision and we have the opportunity to give her the opportunity to see her unborn or her preborn baby on ultrasound. 80% of the time when moms see their babies on an ultrasound, ultrasound, they choose life for that baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we as the body of Christ have to care about this. We have to be a part of this. We've asked you to provide ultrasounds for women who are abortion minded. $28 provides one free ultrasound. Uh, $140 provides five. We wanted to um, be able to provide 3,000 ultrasounds, 3,000 ultrasounds, and we're almost there. 2,235 is where we are because of your support, because of your support of the Ministry of Preborn. Let's remember this this weekend. Um, AFR.net, AFR.net, you can learn more about the Ministry of Preborn, or you can call 877-616-2396. Let's get this done. Let's knock it out. Let's meet our goal of 3,000. 3,000 babies spared, 3,000 ultrasounds. 877-616-2396. Or you can go online to AFR.net, AFR.net. Will the Great, let's go back to the phone lines. We're kind of doing like a week roundup slash probably people are going to want to talk about marriage and dating and courting. Here we go. All right. Let's go to, is that Bell in North Carolina? Hi, Bell. Hi, how are you? Good, Hello. good. Oh, I enjoy hearing y'all's program. I mean, you know, it's just a blessing. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And I'm wondering, as a child that age, I mean, where do where did this come from? I mean, was somebody doing this when he was at a younger age? I mean, for mm-hmm. him to just mm-hmm. get drenched? Yeah, Belle, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I I really think that it's it's what um, Will the Great um, teaches and and talks about on a regular basis. I think it's what we allow our young boys and even our young girls to. Um, be shaped by it's what they're viewing it's what they're watching it's what they have access to um so many of our kids can have a program running where you think they're working on schoolwork but they've got something running in the background that they're Mm -hmm. watching every time you leave the room yeah and you know unfortunately we kind of we think oh it's probably not going to be our kid and so we just kind of take those things for granted right um 
I don't even think at this point, and Will the Great, I'm, I'd like to hear mm-hmm. your take on this. I don't even think at this point it has to be, I'm not saying that it, it's not this, mm-hmm. but I don't think it has to be that this boy was sexually assaulted. Right. I think it could be um, just what he has watched, what and he's seen. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. <laughs> and I would say that can be almost classified as a uh, a form of sexual assault with it, with what mm. is being viewed. Oh man, that's a great point. Yeah. At this point, if you have a television, if you have the uh, you know media and stuff like that, and you're not watching over what your children are watching, they are being exposed to things you don't want them to. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't think there's a, any question. So mm-hmm. if there's a, a vigilance problem, you know, with within the parenting, man, it's going to show out, you know, through the the children, like because they are being bombarded. I mean, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. And yes. so if you if you don't know what was being watched, uh, y'all not having conversations about things that, you know, are being consumed, man, it's happening. And, yeah. you know, and, and even uh, beyond that, because it's so prevalent, you know, when they go outside, when they're at school, like these things are talked about. Like, yeah. you know, so we have to be way more hands on. You know, all of us can do, I'm sure, a better job, you mm-hmm. know, and understanding where we are in this culture and and do what we can do to make sure that our children are not you know swallowed up by all the stuff that's out there. So and and let me add one other thing to our our sister Bell's question. Um, not only do you have all the things that that Will the Great just laid out, but if you remember, just a few years ago, we were exposing Teen Vogue for normalizing sodomy. Right. Remember, Teen Vogue ran a story that normalized sodomy. Right. To, to teenagers. So this is the type of culture (laughs) that we're in. Um, I've done presentations where, you know, just pointing out some of the websites that are included in the comprehensive sexual education standards that are sweeping across this country. Mm -hmm. And some of the links that are in there that are part of the quote unquote education of children. Some of the links take them to websites that normalize sodomy, even instruct in it and train in it. So it's not all just like, you know, um, what we what we used to consider tucked into magazines now just tucked into screens. You understand it's not yeah. all that. Some of it's right inside our kids schools under yeah. the guise of healthy, comprehensive sexual education standards. Right. So right. it really, truly I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it's everywhere. Right. It's everywhere. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Will the Great, where should we go? All right, let's go to Kimberly in Indiana. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a lot of questions, but the the main one is how can I, f- what would you do if you were me and you were trying to find a doctor who wasn't pushing the vaccine narrative and who would actually mm-hmm. discuss options? Yeah, mm. um, that's a great question. Yeah. We actually get this question a lot just among our friends, like among right. the members of the body of Christ. There's always a and so it's word of mouth. Yeah, because there it's are doctors out there who there are who will not just submit to the, you know, the normal uh, form of, of medicines and stuff like that, who will say, let's try this. Let's. Try. But you have to kind of find out about them through, yeah. you know, friends. That's how we found out about, you know, certain doctors and stuff like that. <laughs> It's, it's, it's amazing. And then Man, it's when you find shame. out about them, you're like, oh, okay. We yeah, got, you, you know. Are you, you... Oh, <laughs> Other Man, than listen. that, I'm not sure. Like, because most would probably follow the, the protocols of, you know, um, of what's this going on. This is what we can yeah. prescribe. This is what we can do. Um, 
it's word of mouth, Kimberly. And, and, you know, so you, you have to ask a friend who will ask a friend who will tell you. And then when you learn that information, you have to make that known to your other friends. Um, I, I don't know right off the top of my head of any doctors in, in Indiana. I, you know, else I, I would tell you, you know, and, um, and I know that there are those frontline doctors. You know, mm-hmm. they have a site, oh, yeah, that's and maybe a, yeah, they that's right. they may point to they may point to different doctors in different um, states. You know, what I'm saying that yeah, that, that do the great. same thing yeah. that they're doing. So maybe the frontline doctors. I'm not sure the website. You can but, check that out. But you can you know look that up. Man, but to Kimber- Kimberly's point, though, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a shame that we are in this place where the search for truth and and the search for um, medical freedom involves like sort of digging um, deeper than we would have had to even just like five years ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. Um, All right. Well, the great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Cynthia in Texas. Hi, Cynthia. Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? <laughs> God great. bless you. Hello. <laughs> it's been a while. You know, it's been so much going on. But I want to first thank you all for sharing your family because I want to let you know that you and your children are in my daily prayer list. Oh, you know, Mariah God. and Gabby and Sam DeWitt and J.D. and thank Timothy you. and Nathaniel. Things have gotten so crazy now. I kind of want to put a challenge out there. You know, I've taken on like 40. I call them my Joshua Caleb generation. Really, I'm Mm. calling them my godchildren. And Mm. I want to put a challenge out for people to reach out to some of these young people, this next generation, and pray for them daily. You know, pray for them by name. And then at least once a month or whenever, just contact them, whether it's sending them a card or something and put Jesus in front of them so you know so that 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 they will not lose what we're trying to pass on because there's not many people that's really you know talking to them and you know even taking them to church or things like that Mm. and you know like I said I I just wanted to let you know I pray for you all and also you know I wanted the body of Christ to really just get in the word of God and my heart just came out to just encourage people to read Romans 1 and just remember, this is where this is what God said it's going to be like when you come to a generation where people just, you know, turn their back on God. Mm-hmm. And so right now, as the body of Christ, we need to be the light, be Amen. the salt, Amen. you know, because I tell people, I ask this question, I'm get off the phone. How many people in a week time or a month time or even a year that come up to you and ask you your your, your condition? Where are you with the Lord? You know, on a daily basis, on the street, mm-hmm. do they give you a track, something? Mm-hmm. And most mm-hmm. people can say, you know, never. And mm-hmm. that's really sad. You know, I lived in Man. Utah once, and Mormons would come, and the Jehovah Witness knock on the door. But, mm-hmm. you know, we that call ourselves Christians, and we got Almighty God behind us. Mm-hmm. And yet we are like, like I said, camouflage. We want to hide mm-hmm. inside wow. the building. So anyway, I, I just want to say that, and I love you all. And and uh, Will, you're a great teacher. I love you too, Thank you. <laughs> Miki. Your personality is awesome, but Thank I really you. enjoy your teaching. You're 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 simple, and you're you're really. I can feel your heart. Mm, you're so good. And so Thank y'all you. take care, and I'm praying for the family, and you keep on going, and I love you, love you. Thank Man, you. Man, Cynthia, I love Man, you I so that. much. Let me just tell you. So 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 um 
So Thank just you for this praying morning, <laughs> that's you know? man, that's exactly what I'm about that's to comment the, on, Will the yeah. Great. Just this morning, I was praying and I I was asking the Lord to provide for us more people who would pray for us. Mm. Just this morning, I was asking the Lord, Lord, would you provide people who would pray, who would partner with us in prayer and pray for the work we're doing? We believe that we are really called to do a spiritually intense work um, and and we're we're willing. We will follow the Lord wherever he leads us, but it is spiritually taxing. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and I think people who understand what I'm saying will understand what I'm saying. And just this morning, I was saying, Lord, would you provide more people um, who will pray for us, who will undertake to intercede on our behalf for the work that we're doing? And so, Cynthia, it's been a while since you've called into the program. But, man, the fact that it's today is so sweet and so precious Amen. and um, feels a lot like a direct answer to prayer, a direct response um, that the Lord wants us to know that he's listening. So thank you so thank much. You. And and I think your encouragement to the body of Christ to impact younger believers or those who are not yet believers, but to impact young lives for the glory of God, I think is a great admonition. It's a great encouragement. Thank you so much for that. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Randy in Kansas. Hi, Randy. Hello. Hello. First off, I wanted to give a thank you and an encouragement to your previous caller, Jimmy. He needs to make sure that he continues with that testimony. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, I agree with that, you. That was just amazing. Amen. The only comment I have is uh, you all talk about your children a lot and daughter-daddy relationships in particular. The movie Courageous with the Kendrick brothers, one of the most the best scenes in all of movies, there's a lot, but in, in Christian movies especially, is the, the time when the uh, officer takes his daughter out to dinner and he explains to her what her mother and he want for her at best. When you were just describing that about dating and how other cultures might look at it, that, that scene came to mind. And anytime I watch that movie and I see that scene, I just think, man, this needs to happen with every dad and every daughter you know, just, it's an amazing scene. It is Thank an you, amazing Randy, scene. I remember that scene. Yeah. And, and I, I, I agree with you, Randy. Yes. In fact, Thank let me you. say this and I'm trying to squeeze in one more call. I think if more parents, if more dads and daughters, um, okay. well, let me say it this way. If more dads understood the impact of a conversation like that, um, that the impact that that would have on their daughter, I think that they would do it more. I don't think that dads recognize how much a daughter wants to know that that dad has her best interest in heart and that that dad is willing to stand between her and riffraff no matter what. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think, oh, it's the music. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to even do it. I'm not going to do it to, to Sherry. I'm not going to do it to Marty. I'm not going to try to squeeze in a 30 second call. I'm not. <laughs> let me just, let, I think it's a great place to land where our brother Randy took us. Great encouragement. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate that personally. Yes. It, I mean, because to say, you know, they're just things, and we joke about this with them all the time. They, I mean, they know, you mm -hmm. know, anybody who comes a courting, they're going to have to talk to us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I kind of feel bad for the young man. <laughs> I really do. 
Because, I mean, you know, to sit down and fill out all the forms that we have. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, But it's important, the role that we have in our kids' lives. Let us take it seriously. We're out of time until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.